Good evening. Welcome once again to Buzzwords and Music. I'm your host, Buzz Amato. Tonight, I'm joined with Sam Wheelock. For those of you who are not familiar, you should be. He does a great deal of, as your slogan says, eclectic music with roots. Sure, that sounds good. The marketing department came up with that. Okay, well, we like marketing departments, especially if it works. Yeah. I've known Sam on and off, I guess, for probably about 10 years now. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Our paths have crossed a few times. He's really got an interesting thing going on, and we're going to let him talk about it, but he's keeping the music of Southern Appalachian. He's keeping that music alive, and there's very few people, if any, that are really doing that and that can do it with uh, the same authenticity. So, Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. And, 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 and man, thanks for doing I know this stuff is a lot of work. No, this is, I get to hang out with musicians. How much work is that? <laughs> well, you know, as, as long as the valuables are locked away, you know, it's a good thing you're doing them long distance. You know? Well, yeah, you're in Hilton Head, <laughs> so I'm safe. Yeah. Let's get started. What's your history on this? How did you decide, okay, this is where I'm going to land and this is what I'm doing? Here's the thing, Buzz. I'll be 70 in just a few weeks. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I started making noise for money when I think I was 12. And I believe maybe by the time I was 19 or 20, I'd done a couple of thousand paid gigs. Mm. So this has been a long history. And, and we can talk about all that time between being 12 and, and being 70. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's a, a lot of stuff. years in there. Yeah. The things that, that failed, the things that worked out. and, and all that stuff that transpires through, through life. And it occurred to me several years ago that being a native son of the Southern Appalachians, that maybe I have a responsibility. And that responsibility is to be honest about the arts that come from the region. And since my, uh, my father's father, grandfather, of course, was convicted and, and uh, imprisoned for a moonshotting. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the dichotomy. Other side of the family, a great uncle, he's, he's passed. A great uncle was seen as an authority in jet propulsion. He wrote the uh, books for uh, Navy that had to do with uh, jet fuel systems. And see, that's the reality of, of mountain people. It's not all the darlings and earnesty that we no, see on TV. No, you know, and maybe it's just me. I find that perpetuating the dumbass persona, yeah. I find it offensive. It is. You know, so yeah. I do. And I'm friendly with guys that do that. They don't do it with malice, but it's not a clear painting of what we do. So we, meaning those of us from the Southern Appalachians. So I was thinking probably folks around the world don't really understand how music has evolved in my mind. And, and, and maybe this is right. Maybe it's not. In my mind, I often get the sense that the world thinks that Southern Appalachian Mountains are a snapshot from the 1930s, from that great Coen Brothers movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Great movie. Yeah. Great movie. And I, I know some of the folks involved. And as, as great as that was, that's just a snapshot. It's fiction. Yeah. So the reality of it is, what are the performing arts from the region now? And then I saw it as, okay, here's my obligation 
to my fellow Southern Appalachians, hillbillies, hill Williams, if they're smart. <laughs> I think that all arts, performing arts and other arts, always evolve. And I thought, man, we don't make that clear to the world. And, and maybe it's the commerce, maybe the other stuff that snapshot from the 30s. You know, there were folks that talk about the big bang of country music, you know, in, in eastern Tennessee. But there were lots of little bangs in, in, in this region. So I, I felt that my responsibility is to let folks know that there are artists, that there are artists that take this seriously, and there are artists that want to present our subculture in an authentic soundscape. And it took me a long time to sort of figure it out sonically, you know, mm -hmm. how is this going to sound? How are you going to sculpture this soundscape? Are you sculpturing traditionally? No. Here's a point that, that helps me make my argument of what's actually correct and what's actually authentic. I'll bet you anything. There were more electric guitar amplifiers sold than banjos in the Southern Appalachian Mountains. Betcha, betcha, betcha. Hmm. No shortage of good banjo players. And I know a couple of the guys that are really superb. But that form that banjos are usually tied into, old time and bluegrass, we forget. And I think those great traditional musicians, as they get locked up in this wonderful bluegrass form, we forget that the founders of that form, Bill Monroe, we forget that they were intentionally drawing lots of different kinds of music into that form that now we lock into a time period. This was a clever guy creatively to look at forms. I don't think it's uncommon, for example, for a, a banjo player to do a two, two bar. They'll, they'll do a bar of three quarter and a bar of five quarter time and then over two two bars and you probably know the term for that and it escapes me so they make that they make that work that's clever absolutely clever but don't forget that music moves forward it's not just that and and, and i think there are a few of us i hope that have respect and want to honor those traditional forms mm -hmm. but also want to let the world know that there's more to it you know, we've gotten the great pop singer-songwriter, Bill Withers. Right. We forget he's a hillbilly from Western Virginia, from Slab Fork, West Virginia. Population, what, four or 500 people. Hmm. We forget that, and we forget the others from the region that do something other than this snapshot I, I, I keep referring to. So that's, that's my MO. That's, that's what I want to do. If I can do it respectfully to that that came before me, and if I can evolve it. So some of the stuff that I create, you're familiar with, uh, with our release uh, from a few weeks ago, one I call Sunnyside. And mm -hmm. what I did with, with Sunnyside was to find the original lyrics and had to do that because the song was made popular uh, by the Carter family. Wonderful thing, because the song may have not survived had the Carter family not made it popular. But I found a hymnal from, I think, 1899, mm. 1901. I did some research. It is actually a, a company there um, uh, around Dunwoody, not far from you, uh, mm -hmm. just, just north of Atlanta. There's a great company that does research into public domain material. And they helped me find a hymnal, which I got on eBay for you know, 10 or $12. 
a hymnal, a hymnal from the period. I'm thinking, well, whoever had this hymnal. For 10 or $12. Yeah, yeah. They didn't go to church much because the hymnal's in really good condition. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got there in print, you've got a copyright date on it. So you know those were the original lyrics. Mm. So I wrote I wrote a new song and I presented it to Joseph and he said, no, nah, man, you got to push this reggae thing more. You're, you're not pushing it as hard as you need to. Mm. And that's what you get from another guy who has knowledge and has heart. Yes. And sort of sees what, what you see. And, and uh, so... There are the original lyrics. So there's no debating that. You just push the music into the... Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's my vision. And it's not easy to do. You know, to intellectualize it is one thing. To pull it off is complicated. Yeah. And I think when Joseph came in to help on the production of some songs, I think that helped me look at it in a more fresh light and to take into consideration that, yeah, maybe I was being a little timid about this stuff. That's actually one of the roles of a producer to kind of interpret your vision, Yep. bring your music and inject that emotional content that's going to bring it to an audience other than you just playing it at home going, hey, I made a CD. Exactly. Making a record should be a, a great experience for both artist and producer. It's a lot of work. It's a great deal of work. It's a big commitment. People do not realize, I mean, it, for myself, I work with artists from song selection to final mix. Mm -hmm. And there's times where, you know, the two conflict, you know, where the artist and the producer don't always see eye to eye. You, you, you know what? That's just a human relationship. That's all that is. Yeah. I used to keep a sign in the studio that said the producer is not God because I would always want any of my artists to realize that this is your record. I don't have the final say. I'm here to help you. Good for you. And if you hear something that you're just absolutely not happy with or it's not working for you, then let's land somewhere else yeah <laughs> let's, let's land somewhere else. we'll we'll abort this landing we'll we'll, we'll fly back around we'll, we'll try again i wanted to talk to you about your stage show yeah a story and a song mm -hmm. uh just before covid19 that winter i'd written this whole show i scripted this damn thing out an hour you know, and I've got everything outlined and I don't have a theatrical background, but I'm thinking, okay, if you're doing this on stage, I kept watching this Bruce Springsteen thing, making notes. Okay. Here's how much time they spend doing this. Here's that. And of course I don't have those resources and don't have that skill, but it's a great template. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, you take someone that's really good at this and say, okay, they're really on to something. And you put your spin on it. Exactly. And I'm thinking, okay, I can do a roots version of this. And by that, so Springsteen, of course, has stories about Jersey and, right. you know, being the working man. Yeah. So I, I, I scripted this thing out. And so I, I do this pacing, a couple of songs and a story, all, all a one man thing. That's, that's the way I scripted it. So I wrote this thing out with, with stories in there. And, and I, I went out and did a couple of little gigs and I could see what was working and what wasn't. And what I noticed was folks would really, the audience would really lock in to the stuff that meant something to me. But if I did something, you know, for example, 
one of the stories, you know, being in music, socioeconomics sometimes fall to the wayside. So, so here, here's the weird one. I got a phone call one morning and my friend on the other end says, hey, you want to have breakfast with Hank Aaron? I was in, in Atlanta. So I told this, you know, in, in, in this first outline of a story in a song, it had a story about Hank Aaron. And I think there was another one in there that had something to do with someone that had celebrity status. And I noticed that the live audience didn't buy into those like they bought into personal experiences. Exactly. Yeah. So retweaked it, had this thing all set to go, took it out on, on a little tour and am killing it. And people are coming up to me afterwards and, and saying, hey, I'm sorry that this happened to you. And, and people come up to me with, with tears in their eyes. Oh, that is such a wonderful, I remember when something like that happened to me. Wow, this stuff is really relatable. Yeah, because you're sharing the human experience. Exactly. And that's what, and I, I didn't know it going into it. It's just that I tried to keep an open mind and thought, okay, this is how this works. So I can bring in this, and, and the stories all tie to Eastern Tennessee. I, I, I right. sort of figured out that that growing up there in, in that pocket of you know the mountains in, in Eastern Tennessee, I've sort of figured out that that's the thing that I can write about, that I can perform about, tell stories about. You know it. I do. I do. And, and, and it's a gift to have given that and to be able to share that. The rooms I work are generally, it's almost always a seated audience. Yeah. And generally, those are small theaters. Mm -hmm. uh, at least it's a room with, you know, with seating. And that oftentimes, at least here down in the trenches where I work, Oftentimes, that has some government or tax dollars in it. Okay. And these are, these are usually funded through grants, too, are they not? Yep. 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 So, uh, those guys, actually, we, we just uh, corresponded this week. Right. Well, good news. And, uh, and they announced the A-team. The A-team are those professional storytellers that can carry, I think they require them to be able to carry three hours. Wow. So, yeah, that's a lot of material and, and they perform over several days. That's not me. But they're not, they're not playing music either. Uh, no, no. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm one of the, there may be two other people that do stories and, and music that, that I'm aware of. The good news is uh, we'll announce the B team. Those, that's those of us that'll do like 15 minutes or so. Right. And we'll announce the B team in May. So I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for that. And, and also, I got a, a phone call from a public television show called Song of the Mountains. And so this is a nationally distributed show. Mm -hmm. So I get a phone call from, from them, and uh, it's traditionally a bluegrass song. Huh. And I'm saying to the guy, now, these are really, really great guys, and they're up there in that region. They're, they're in southern Appalachians. They shoot the show in a, in a great old theater in Marion, Virginia. It's a Mayan theater. I think there are only maybe two, maybe three in the United States. Hmm. It's been restored historically. So it's a gorgeous place. How many, how many opportunities are you going to get to play this place? Yeah. And, and so the, they call me and, and uh, they said, are you familiar with the show? And I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, it's a bluegrass show. And I said, are you, 
do you guys have the right number? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you're calling, you know, electric guitar. Are you familiar with those? <laughs> that's, that's what that's what I play. So they, they were very cool. And they said, well, they said, we, we think we want to uh, experiment with expanding our demographic. Okay, well, maybe I'm the guy that can do that because I do I do appreciate uh, bluegrass and and uh, okay, I can give that a shot. And I said, but what's that look like for you guys? You tell me. And they said, well, could you do it semi-acoustic? Huh. Now, <laughs> here's semi-acoustic. And of course I say, yes, I'm thinking, well, uh, how many chances am I going to get to, to be on a national stage? Well, not, not that phone call doesn't ring much. <laughs> so I say, yes, I agree to everything. Then he calls back. He didn't take long. Then he calls back and he said, would you do a promo appearance or two, say TV, radio, that sort of thing? Of course I will. Of course I'm the yes guy. I'm the yes. I'm not going to say no. You know, no, no, get you nowhere, you know, and uh, I, I need more friends. You know? huh. So um, I'm thinking about this after I've said yes. And after I've agreed to do the semi-acoustic thing, I'm thinking, what in the hell does semi-acoustic mean? <laughs> does a music store sell a semi-acoustic you guitar? You get an acoustic guitar that you can <laughs> plug in, you know, that has the pickups. Uh-huh. And that's semi-acoustic. That, I guess yeah, that's semi-acoustic. Yeah. Well, the yeah. uh, so I sometimes play a semi-acoustic piano. A semi-acoustic. <laughs> so, so okay, if I put a microphone on an electric guitar, would that be semi-electric? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you would mic the amp. Okay. I can tell you they <laughs> they, they haven't had a lot of uh, guitar amplifiers on that stage. Yeah. So they were concerned and, and they were very candid with me. They said, you know, you may really flop, you know, we're going to have a live audience here, but the show goes out nationally. So they said, you know, we have millions of people watching nationally, but the live audience is from this region. Yeah. And they said, you know, they may not like you. You dub in applause. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the thing. And I told them, I said, you know, I know my people. And this is an opportunity for me to make a statement because here's what I think. I think you underestimate them. Mm -hmm. I think anything that's done as well as you can, try and do it at a professional level. Hopefully the stars align. And I think they'll buy into it if you're sincere, if you're honest. I always say if something's done with integrity and done well, people will like it. Most people will relate to it. Exactly. Exactly. So, so there are folks, you know, and, and I walk out onto the stage, you know, the, there, there were four acts and all the acts that night were superb. And, and they were a lot more slanted toward Americana than their normal show. So mm -hmm. I don't know how they're editing that because they, they probably had three and a half hours of music or so over wow. that evening that they record the show's only an hour. So I don't know how they're going to cut it up. You know, that's, that's, that's not for me to know. They'll make a bunch of shows out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they make a bunch of shows. And so I get to the end of the set and I, and, and here's how I got through the uh, semi-acoustic <laughs> requirement. <laughs> I had a couple of things. I had a baseline and I had some like hand percussion parts <laughs> and hired a really good acoustic guitar player that a friend up in the, region had suggested to me they said if you can get this guy he's the guy you, you know out on the west coast they have a a, a term is a, a friend will call you and say 
Hey, is so-and-so, do you know so-and-so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is he or she, are they roadworthy? Well, that's code for, are they going to know their stuff and can you get along with them? And so I, a, a guy recommended this acoustic player named Mike Malone. And uh, I said, is he roadworthy? And they said, yeah, here's the guy you want to get. Even the camera crew, when I got up there, the <laughs> camera crew was familiar with one of the cameramen comes over to me after the show. He said, you know, you got the guy that was absolutely the fit for this. So, so we do our little half hour set, mm-hmm. you know, first song, I wasn't crazy about all, all nerves and, yeah. you know, there, there were monitor issues because they're not really used to dealing with an act that has OG, a yeah. semi-acoustic guitar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to the end of it at about three minutes. I stopped timing the applause. Mm. That's because I think Mike and I really tried to do a good job and really tried to be honest and somehow got through it with all the nerves that, you know, okay, this is, this is a big show. This is a big opportunity and, and gee, we're having technical problems and we can't hear this and we can't hear that, but you can't stop. You know, you just forge through it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's just that show. So, so what, what a great experience. They, uh, they told me that they'll edit it this spring and that it should hit PBS around August, but okay, you know, good. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, keep me informed. I'll, you know, let listeners know. Okay. I noticed you've done some, uh, you've had some stuff in film and TV. <laughs> yeah, <that's> a... <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite directors, Quentin Tarantino. Oh yeah. I, I never met him. I worked, worked on one of his films. Right. Oh, I've got the original script. Man, I got the original script oh. for uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. Do you know yeah, that one? I do. I just remember going to see that film and everything. I was like, yeah, this is good. This is good. And then all of a sudden it took this left turn. Uh, and I was like, whoa, what just happened? You want me to give you the story of that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's the background story. Guy comes to me, I'm, I'm living at Franklin and Gower in, in Hollywood. That's just half a block up toward the hills from uh, Paramount. Mm-hmm. I'm living there. Guy comes to me with a script from dusk till dawn. And he said, hey, uh, so-and-so has bought the script. They have a, a special effects company, and it'll make sense to you when you read through it. They want to do a trailer to raise money. Mm-hmm. So they're going to put together this two, three-minute trailer. They're going to take it around to the film festivals. They're going to try and get investors. Sure. And he told me how much he said, uh, uh, this guy worked out a deal with this director, writer, this guy named Quentin Tarantino, who I was unfamiliar with. He said he worked out this deal and he paid him blah, blah, blah. Well, blah, blah, blah wasn't much. And um, look this over. Let me know if you think you can do some crazy music for it. And I read the thing. Of course, we're back to the, have I mentioned, I don't like to say no. Never say no unless you're too busy to say yes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I call a guy a couple of days later and I said, yeah, I, I, I'd like to have a stab at this. I'm really fond of, of real edgy out, out, out there music. And he said, well, since we talked, there's been a little bit of a change. And so they, they discussed fee and he said, we don't have problem with fee, but the guy that's producing this has a young artist that they're trying to break into the record industry. 
will you ghost this? Hmm. If folks aren't familiar with ghosting, this stuff is omnipresent yeah. in the entertainment business. Absolutely. Ghosting means that you're going to do the work, you're going to do the creating, and, and somebody, somebody else is, is going to put their front. name on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so your name's never going to go on. And I'm thinking, okay, is, do I get, is this a work for hire? Is this a, you know, do, do I do a, a license? I mean, am I protected? Am I selling this thing out since we've taken this turn? They said, no, 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 you, you, you can keep it. You, you know. And so the kid comes over, he's like 17 years old or something. Nice, nice young man. Don't recall his name. He comes over and we talk about it. And I said, do you want to have any creative input on this? And uh, he didn't really, hmm. he didn't really, he, he didn't know what he had gotten himself into, except that for him, it's more or less a marketing thing. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I get that. I, I understand that as long as we're honest with one another, I'm cool with this thing. So oddly, I created the music the you know, they got the master tapes to do this initial trailer, which didn't make it onto the big screen. So they did this trailer, but before the movie went into production, the young man was killed tragically in a car accident. Oh, hmm. one other movie I found interesting that you were mentioned in was uh, the Adams Family. Yeah, the original one, the cult one. Yeah, the cult with the locked up. On. Okay, backstory. This is crazy. So uh, I I didn't start singing seriously until mm, six or seven years ago. Hmm. And uh, never thought of myself as a singer. I couldn't, I couldn't carry it. I never, never presented myself that way, was never interested in it. So singing came, came by requirement. So backing up in, into this thing in the 90s with the Adams family, guy calls me on a Saturday morning and he said, hey, I got to do some cues. He said, I need you to sing these. And I said, well, man, you know, I'm a terrible singer. You don't want me. And he said, yes, sir. I want you because you're no good. <laughs> <laughs> so only yeah. a guy's going to book me because I'm no good. So, so guy tells me, and, and this is, is very common out there. Guy tells me, he says, I need you at the studio at blah, blah, blah times. That, that's cool. Here's the address. I go over to Burbank, see a guy and, and go into the place. Well, there's another singer there too, a female singer. And he said, here's what you're going to sing. So it's kids' songs. He said, I want you to sing kids' songs, you know, cough, sneeze, you know, do, you know, do, do kids' sounds. And I said, yeah, but, you know, my voice is sort of low. I don't know. <laughs> and he said, no, I've got a harmonizer. We're going to raise you up at least an octave. We're going to raise you up, and we're going to make you sound like a kid. So, yeah. so when you get to the scene in the Adams Family movie, where they have all those kid songs. That's me and, and a female singer doing oh. all those kid parts. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You wanted to do a little something with a, a t-shirt giveaway regarding your hat. Oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know nobody can see the hat you're wearing. Oh, they, they can't. Uh, so that's why I'm going to hold a t-shirt up. <laughs> right. So they can't see that. You can see what the t-shirt looks like on your website. Your logo, and that's what's on your T-shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. The T-shirt's the logo. If you go to samwheelockmusic.com and scroll to the bottom of the page, you'll see what the T-shirt is all about. The, there you go. What does someone have to so, do to so, win that? Okay, so here's the hat. I'm, I'm wearing the hat, and since, uh, since you can't see the hat, that's the reason I'm wearing it. So here's the deal. I was in Daytona a few years ago. There's a Peruvian guy with this hat, and I'm saying, man, that is a nice hat. That thing looks like someone 
ran over it in a truck and then they decided to back up, run over it again. And that just wasn't enough. Then they ran over it a third time. So the Peruvian guy said, so, and how much would you sell that hat? How much would you take? And, and uh, he hesitates. And I said, how about 20 bucks? And he said, how about 20 bucks and a good beer? Hmm. I said, okay. Okay. So, so, so here are the components of how I got the hat. I got $20. I got a beer. I got a hat. I got Daytona and a Peruvian guy. And I'm thinking if somebody would come up with a really engaging story and there, there's, uh, I'm not thinking there's a committee to gauge these things. If somebody sends me something and, 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 that, and I think, well, this is really outstanding for whatever reason, whatever mood I'm in at the time, I'd send them a t-shirt. So that's, that's, that's the competition. You're invited too. I'd probably do it under an assumed name. Well, you should, you should. A motto, <laughs> comma, buzz. Yeah, no, I don't, I think we can do better than that one. Okay. So that's samwheelockmusic.com and they can contact you from the website. Yeah. 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 On the contact page. Sure. So if you have any stories about a Peruvian, a hat that's been backed over several times. Several times. 20 bucks and a beer. Yeah. Let Sam know. I'd love to know how you, how you treat that. <laughs> <laughs> the buzz treatment. That'll cost you. Okay. To get the real stuff. Another 20? Another 20? Yeah. And I don't drink beer, so okay. we'll have to figure out something else there. Okay. Substitutions allowed. <laughs> I really appreciate you joining us. You could probably do this for another couple of hours. I know you're chock full of stories. I'm going to play uh, Sunnyside for everybody okay. on, on the outro here. Okay. That, that, that's when I'm, I'm going to do the, the marketing thing. That, that's one of uh, a few singles that, that we're releasing this year. So this is the first one. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sam. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Buzz. I appreciate it. It was good seeing you again. It's been years. It, it has been. Thanks for doing this and good luck with the show. Thanks. Yeah. Tell your friends. What? One of them I have. Tell them both. <laughs> <laughs> I had a fan club, but the guy died. So, <laughs> you know, you, you got to keep replenishing, man. Well, you know, you know yeah. it takes time. Yeah, well, it does. All right. Well, here's Sunny Side, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you. See ya. All right. Take care. Keep on the sunny side. Always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side alive. Always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side life. Do, 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 do
Side. Always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side. Always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side. Life. 